Hello everyone and welcome back to Exploring Middle Earth. Yeah. The soundboard's back. We got the soundboard again. So by popular demand. By popular demand. By <laughs> We've added a few new sounds. Yeah. Um yeah, so today uh this episode we are talking all about the trees of Middle Earth. Yeah, yes we are. Which is also a episode an episode on ends. So it's kind of like a dual episode. Two-parter, baby. Yeah, we got a two-parter. Uh, they're both shorter parts, but yeah, it'll still be good. Size doesn't matter though. All yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh it's all about trees basically. So yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about, trees. We'll start with trees and then we'll move on to ants, which are trees but walking. So Swing. <laughs> yeah. Jay? I like ants. Take it away. Okay, so we're going to I'm going to start with the significance of trees um because if you know anything about Tolkien, you know Tolkien like trees. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. Um, Tolkien grew up around trees. That's not my start. I was just <laughs> 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 okay, so... Uh, <laughs> I think most people did. Yeah. Unless you lived in a desert. Tolkien was a big tree lover. And I got some of his words to prove it. So I just got a few of his letters. Um, or some sections of his letters that I'm going to quick read from. Um, to just give you an idea of um, what what his love for trees were and how he described them. So this is from a letter to his son, Christopher. This is how he describes. You can just tell he likes trees when he talks about them. The poplars are now leafless except for one top spray, but it still is green and leafy October end down here. And at no time do birches look so beautiful. Their skin snow white and pale yellow sun and their remaining leaves shining fallow gold. So that's one. He ta- he just describes trees. He loves them, dude. Let's go to the next one. Loves them, man. This one, let me make sh- let me see. Um another letter to his son Chris Topher. The leaves are out, the white gray of the quinsay and the green uh, the gray green of young apple, the full green of hawthorn and the tassel of flower even in the sluggard poplars. N- the narcissus are a marvelous show, but the grass grows not so quick, and I feel like a barber faced with a never-ending queue. This is uh, from a letter that he wrote um, to... Where is it? Uh, this is a letter to his publisher um, where he says, I am obviously much in love with plants and above all trees. And have always been. I find human maltreatment of them as hard to bear as some find ill treatment of animals. Dang, dude. He loved yeah. his trees. That's a good point, though. Yeah. And then he's talking... This is um a letter where he's talking about Leaf by Niggle, which, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that. Yeah, we did an episode not that mm-hmm. long ago. So he says... This is about him talking about the tree, or he's referencing the tree in the story. Um, but this is about like the inspiration for that tree. It says, there was a great tree, a huge poplar with vast limbs visible through my window even as I lay in bed. I loved it and was anxious about it. I had been savagely, or <laughs> it, not I, it had been <laughs> savagely mutilated some years before, but had gallantly grown new limbs, though of course not with the unembellished grace of its former natural self, and now a foolish neighbor was agitating to have it felled. Every tree has its enemy if you have an advocate. It's a very good line. Yep. Every tree yep. has its enemy if you have an advocate. And then I got one more. Because Tolkien wrote a lot of letters about trees. Um, 
this one I'll just read this whole thing. So this is a uh, it's pretty short, but um the Daily Telegraph is a newspaper in the UK and they in one of their they published a story about the uh forest forestry service in the UK. Yeah. And they um referenced uh uh I'll just, so this is just the intro to the letter. It says in the in a leader in the Daily Telegraph of the 29th of June, 1972, entitled Forestry and Us, there occurred this passage. Sheepwalks where you could once ramble for miles are transformed into a, into a kind of Tolkien gloom where no bird sings. Tolkien's letter was published with slight altercation. So they compared um, the deforestation and the unbeautying of yeah. <laughs> where the tr- the forest to a Tolkien gloom. Huh. And Tolkien had some problems with that. So he wrote to them and said, Dear Sir, with reference to the Daily Telegraph of June 29th, page 18, I feel that it is unfair to use my name as an adjective qualifying gloom, especially in the context of dealing with trees. In all my works, I take part, I take the part of trees against all their enemies. Lost Lorien is beautiful because the trees were loved. Elsewhere, forests are represented as awakening to consciousness of themselves. The old force was hostile with two-legged creatures because of the memory of many injuries. Fanghorn, Fangorn Forest was old and beautiful, but at the time of the story, tense with hostility because it was threatened by the machine-loving enemy. Mirkwood, or Mirkwood, I like saying Mirkwood better, Mirkwood, had fallen under the dominion of the power that halted all living things, but was restored to beauty and became, green, became Greenwood the Great before the end of the story. It would be unfair to compare the Forestry Commission with Sauron because, as you observe, it is capable of repentance, but nothing it has done that is stupid compares with the destruction, torture, and murder of trees perpetrated by private individuals in minor official bodies. The savage sound of the electric saw is never silent wherever trees are still found growing. Yeah, so Tolkien loved trees and hated the people destroying them. Yes. Um, he had a uh, favorite tree because um, it's a weird name yeah he had a favorite tree in the botanical or botanic gardens yeah. of oxford uh, it was a black pine named loacoon yeah l-a-o-c-o-o-n um and there's the last known photo of tolkien is actually a picture of him standing next to the tree holding his hand against it, or leaning against it with his hand yeah pretty uh, cool yeah it was taken a month before he died dang um, in this tree, uh, Loacoon was planted in 1799 and it collapsed in, on July 26, 2014, and then was, uh, fully cut down and removed shortly after due to safety concerns. But a sapling of it was planted in June, 2021 by the then Prince Charles. Yes, sir. Yeah. And I think they, with the, the tree that fell down too, I think they actually, um, took some of the wood and they made um whiskey yeah they made like whiskey well they made whiskey and they put it in barrels made from that wood Mm -hmm. and then they also the cork stoppers or whatever the bottle stoppers they put a piece of the wood in in that as well so it was like a very limited edition whiskey Mm -hmm. that would have been cool to have though yeah and um this is michael tolkien his michael what's up man (laughs) michael tolkien speaking no so from he says he once said this in a uh, article. It says, From my father, I inherited almo- an almost obsessive love for trees. As a small boy, I witnessed the mass tree felling for the convenience of the internal combustion engine. 
I regarded this as the wanton murder of living beings. My father listened seriously to my angry comments, and when I asked him to make up a tale in which the trees took revenge on the machine lovers, he said, I will write you one. Uh, I couldn't find if that tale got ever published, what, which tale that is, or if it was ever published or not. But so, and then um, the destruction of trees is what set off the events that would ultimately lead up to the destruction of the One Ring. Yeah. So it was trees that started it all, dude. Wow. And um, we're going to talk about Ents later in the story, but I like the way Tolkien describes the Ents because it just shows his love for trees and significance of them. So it says, this isn't from the two towers. It says, uh, when he's describing Ents, they were as different from one another as trees from trees. Some as different as one tree is from another of the same name but quite different growth and history and some as different as one tree kind from another as a birch from a beech an oak from a fir so Tolkien didn't see trees as trees he saw them as individual living not beings but trees yeah they they were all different dude yeah so what did Tolkien do when he brought the trees in he made very unique trees yes he did because they're important to him and very important to the story so like I mentioned the two trees of Valinor um Lorinin, um, the golden tree, and Telperion, the silver tree. They were the sources of light in Valinor. Um, and they were a big deal, but they were destroyed by Melkor and Ungolnianth. Um, you know, he's always just doing stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> that know. is, yeah, and that's the thing that I just mentioned where it set off the whole yeah. thing. It yeah. Was but hey, even back then, whoa. Yeah, so those, Look at that. Yeah, those uh, two trees were destroyed. Um, and Telperion's last flower became the moon, and Lorinin's last fruit became the sun. Wow. But interestingly enough, that wasn't the end of them. Well, technically it's the end of them. But, uh, yeah. So the light of those trees were captured in the Silmarils. Yes. But um, Yavanna, or Yavanna, yeah. um, which was the Valar, she... Um, Grant will probably talk about her with Ents, mm-hmm. with their creation, yep. but... Um, yep, yep, yep. She uh, created... Uh, Galathilion, which was a gift for the elves in Tyrion, and it was a uh, exact copy of Telperion, except for it did not give off the light that it Telperion gave off. So it was just a copy of the tree. Yeah. Um, and then from that tree, uh, so they had it there, and then from that tree, a sap the sapling was grown in Tolosera named Celeborn. Um, not not the elf, not the elf, yeah. but the tree. Yeah, because I th- I think it means tall silver or something like that yeah yeah because um these will eventually these were the white trees of gondor or it would eventually become the white trees of gondor but yeah so these were white trees um and then so from Celeborn, a sapling was taken uh nimloth uh which was the white tree that grew in the king's court of armenelos of numenor mm-hmm. um and nimloth is the name of the daughter-in-law of baron Lu- baron and luthien yeah. Interestingly enough. So yeah. two of them named after uh, people. Yeah. So um, from there, the first, these next trees don't have names like the other ones, but from Nimloth, a sapling was taken, uh, which was the first white tree. So the first white tree of Gondor uh, came from the fruit that Isildur stole from yeah. Nimloth because when uh, Sauron corrupted... Um, uh, our fair zone, yeah, yeah. Numenor, Num- yeah. yeah, our fair zone specifically. But the Numenor uh, the burned down the tree, and uh, Isildur's like, "I'm going to take some." So he took a fruit from it, so then he could plant it. 
Um, so he took that and uh, brought the sapling to Middle Earth and eventually planted it in Minas Ithil. Uh, and so that grew there, and that was the first white tree. But then when Sauron returned to Middle Earth, he attacked and captured Minas Ithil. Minas Ithil. And he destroyed the white tree, but Isildur is like, I did it w- once, I'll do it again. <laughs> Feet so nice, you gotta do it twice. Uh, F-E-A-T, not F-E-E-T. Um, Isildur escaped with a sapling from the first white tree. So then um, he planted the second white tree in Minas Arnor. Um, and uh, he planted it for the memory of his brother who died. <laughs> Oof. But so this white tree stood for a long time, but then it um, died when the Great Plague spread across Gondor. Um, which I don't know how that works, how the tree would die if it was a people plague, but I don't know. So then um, a third white tree, they got they got a sapling from there, from the second white tree, and a third white tree was planted um, by King Tarandor. After the line of kings had failed, the tree never bore the fruit and seldom flowered, and fin- it withered and died um, in the Third Age, 2872. Um, and uh, this was this is the tree that you see in um, in Gondor when uh, it's that dead tree that you see. Yeah. Um, but it was it held such a significance to them that they didn't just take down the dead tree. Yeah, because that pretty much just spelled the end for Gondor. Yeah. So then the fourth white tree came. At the coronation of the King Gondor, Aragorn. Yeah. Um, and then, so, Aragorn was taken by Gandalf to a hollow in the slopes of the Mindolion. Is that how you say it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Min- Without seeing it in front of me. Dolan. It's the mountain, basically, that Minas Tirith is built off of. Yeah. So, when they were there, Ar- Aragorn found a sapling of the white tree. Um, yeah, I think it was, like, put there by, like, Isildur. Yeah, it had to be. He did it twice. That long time ago. Yeah. So then the dead tree was taken out, so the third one, and um, placed in the house of the dead, so it was buried with the Yeah, it was, was like, laid down next to all the kings. Like, that's how important it was. Yeah. And then um, Argorn planted the sapling in its place, um, and then in June of 3019, third age 3019, it bloomed. So I'm going to read about Aragorn finding that. Mr. Bloom. So this is um, what I just said with Aragorn and Gandalf finding it. So it says, this is from Return of the King, the Steward, and the King. Then Aragorn, er, sorry, Aragorn did. Then Aragorn turned, and there was a stony slope behind him, running down from the skirts of the snow. And as he looked, he was aware that that alone there in the waste, a growing thing stood. And he climbed to it and saw out of the very edge of the snow, there sprang a sapling tree, no more than three feet high. Already it had put forth young leaves, long and shapely, dark above the silver beneath, and upon its slender crown it bore one small cluster of flowers, whose white petals shone like the sunlit snow. Then Aragorn cried, I'm not even going to print it, ye unto <laughs> I have found it, lo, there is a scion of the eldest of trees, but how comes it here? For it is not itself yet seven years old. So... That's where they find it and then put it there. Nice, <coughs> nice, nice. Um, so then that's it for the white trees, which were very significant. But it's just interesting how technically it, technically, it's not a direct ascendant of the uh, two trees of Valinor, but <coughs> kind of is because it was a descendant of a copy. Yeah. But so there's history there, dude. 
There's a lot of history, man. So, another type of tree was Malorn tree. Um, ah. The Malorn tree was a Classic. kind of large tree in Valinor, Numenor, and the Westlands. Yeah. So, Malorn trees are immense size. Um, when they grew in Numenor, they also disc- they're similar to beech trees. Mm-hmm. Um, their bark was smooth and silver gray, and leaves were green on top and sil- silver underneath. The term golden autumn and remained on the tree through the winter to fall to fall to cover the ground in spring when new leaves sprouted. Golden flowers bloomed in the branches. Um, so this is a passage that I'm going to quick read from. Lord of the Rings, when uh, the elves are up in the trees and the fellowship is like, where are they? And then they find them. Where are they, man? Out of the shadows, a ladder was let down. It was made of rope, silver gray and glimmering, glimmering in the dark. Though it looked slender, it provided strong enough to bear many men. Legolas ran lightly up and Frodo followed slowly. Be- slowly. Behind came Sam, trying not to breathe loudly. The branches of the Malorn tree grew out nearly straight from the trunk, then swept upwards, but near the top, the main stem divided into a crown of many burrows, and among these they found there had been built a wooden platform, or felt as such things were called in the olden days. So, they're just really big trees, and the elves live in them, dude. They're like, we're living here. So, that's just another type of tree. Uh, There's not any, like, specific important trees of Malorns. But there is, um, Herolorn, uh, was an immense beech tree, immense beech tree, um, that, uh, grew in the gates of Menegroth in the underground city of King Thingol. Um, and it, the tree was originally named Neldor, meaning triple tree, because it had three massive trunks, dude. It was triple stacked. Big itself. boy. And this was a tree that Luthien's father built a house in to keep her. And so that she could not follow Baron. Yeah, basically like a prison. Rapunzel. Yeah. Because I think in that story too, uh, Luthien lets down her hair. Yeah. And it like, it it enchants the guards and they fall asleep. So she escapes. Yeah. Dude, she's in all she can do what she wants. Basically. So Huorns um, are a race of ancient slow moving trees uh, whom the Ents cared for and tended in the second and third ages. Um, and in the Middle Earth, they were known to dwell in the Old Forest and in Fangorn Forest. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you probably already know, but Ents are living trees. They're Basically, like yeah. sentient trees. And so, Hurons are like in between regular old trees and Ents. And then, um, an example of a Huron, we don't know if specifically this is a Huron, but Old Man Willow. Yeah, it's like a special case because it's kind of like, was he an Ent? To begin with, or was he a tree that just has like an evil spirit in him? That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, dude. Yeah. So Old Man Willow was a great willow tree in the old forest. Um and he was a root of the he was the root cause of much trouble in the forest's anger and hatred towards trespassers. Um and he had great power within the old forest and was able to direct all paths in the woodland to him. So Old Man Willow is um, the tree that the hobbits get stuck in, and then Tom Bombadil comes and saves them. That's Old Man Willow. Yeah. Just a big angry tree. Big old tree. And interestingly enough, he's the only evil tree. Yeah. Or like specifically evil. There's like Tolkien mentioned in his letter, the he, the trees of the forest are hostile because they had had been attacked. Yeah, bad experience in the past. Yeah, with, and then with axes. And then the last tree I'm going to talk about is the party tree. Dude. Hey. Um, the party. Ow, ow, ow. Oh yeah, I got it. Bruh. Oh. <laughs> 
sorry. The reason that I haven't been doing the soundboard is because I can't yeah, do he the had, soundboard and do my notes at the same time. He has his notes up, so. But this is my last one, then we can switch back to the soundboard. So the party tree was a large tree in the center of the party field south of Bag End in Hobbiton. So it's just that tree that they have the parties around. That tree. And now I'm going to hand it off to Grant. Hey. <laughs> That freaked me out for a second. I <laughs> forgot I had that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk a little bit about um, just some regular old trees that are kind of mentioned in uh, The Lord of the Rings and maybe the Silmarillion a little bit. And then I'm also going to talk about a specific group of trees called the Fragrant Trees yeah! Yeah, <laughs> of Numenor. Um, so just to kind of start it off, I'm going to read a, a passage from the uh, Fellowship of the Ring. This is in the chapter Three is Company. And as I was, like, skimming through looking for, like, a short little passage about trees. Like I was literally finding like almost every paragraph Tolkien mentions trees. Yeah. I mean, not like quite to that rate, but it was, w- it's like every few paragraphs he mentions trees and I was going to detail. Yeah. I was going to yeah. start the episode by saying, okay, close your eyes and imagine middle earth. Then you'd be like, Oh, do you see trees? Yes. But then I thought if yeah. that, that doesn't really make sense. Cause you could say like, close your eyes and imagine the earth. And there'll be trees on the earth. 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 But trees are important, dude. Yeah, so <laughs> he's got trees all over. So just when I was looking for a passage, I'm like, oh, there's so many different passages I could choose. Yeah. But this one is just um, when the uh, the hobbits that are traveling through the Shire to make their way to Buckland, um, uh, when they meet the elves in the, the forest in the Shire, you know? Okay, And okay. so the elves invite them over to kind of feast that night. And it's just kind of a it's just kind of a cool little picture of just like kind of the woodlands of the Shire, and the Shire also represents like, um, like rural England where mm-hmm. Tolkien loved. So, exactly, um, dude. Yes, the woods on either side became denser. The trees were now younger and thicker, and as the lane went lower, running down into a fold of the hills, there were many deep breaks of hazel on the rising slopes at either hand. At last, the elves turned aside from the path. A green ride lay almost unseen through the thickets on the right. And this they followed as it wound away back up the wooded slopes onto the top of the shoulder of the hills that stood out into the lower land of the river valley. Suddenly they came out of the shadow of the trees, and before them lay a wide space of grassy gray under the night. On three sides the woods pressed upon it, but eastward the ground fell steeply, and tops of dark trees growing at the bottom of the slope were below their feet. Beyond, the lowlands lay dim and flat under the stars. Nearer at hand, a few lights twinkled in the village of Woodhall. Nice. Yeah, just a little, just a little forest in the Shire that they were talking about. It's kind of cool. Um, Swing. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just closed my book with force. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna talk about some. Uh, <laughs> I just <laughs> knocked my mic on me. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta fix it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we should be good. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to talk about some uh, regular old trees. So uh, this is just kind of alphabetical. There were alders, um, nice. which are just kind of deciduous trees that like to grow near water. Um, it's mentioned that they grow along the bank of the Withy Windle in the Old Forest and also also on a bunch of little or on the banks of a bunch of little brooks, like kind of in Eriador all around. So mm-hmm. um, there's also apple trees. Uh, as we know, the hobbits really liked apples. And Sam once cited a proverb that said, an apple for walking and a pipe for sitting. I Swing! I don't yeah, know why he was Scottish there, but... That's okay. You can, you yeah. can be what he wants. Yeah. Uh, there was ash trees, which were tall, straight, deciduous trees that were very common. 
Yep. And something about this is the spears of Rohan were made of ash because oh, it was nice. a, it was a very solid wood and like I said they were very straight trees so you could make very like obviously a, a spear pole or whatever you call it. Yeah. Make them easy to make them straight. Yeah. And then also Gandalf Why do you keep emphasizing that the trees are straight? <sighs> okay. <here>? No. <laughs> and also Gandalf's staff was made of ash tree. And Gandalf, this is just a little fun fact as we know, was partly inspired by the wandering Odin of Norse mythology. You know, the... Uh, the yeah, yeah. Odin! Yeah, <laughs> the, the god Odin. Um, uh, and Odin uh, was heavily involved with ash trees. And at one point in Norse mythology, Odin was hung from an ash tree before being resurrected so that he could gain more divine knowledge. And also, his statues and like his idols were um, often carved from ash trees. So oh, ashes... Nice. Ash is heavily associated with Odin, and Gandalf was inspired by Odin. That's so a fun that's fact. Like, yeah. A little bit of... Little bit. <laughs> okay. That's our fun fact sound effect. Um, there's beaches, beech trees. Uh, Jay touched on Hirlorn, yeah! which yes, is I that did. big boy, the three-trunked mm-hmm. beech tree. They're basically just tall, silver, <laughs> silvery, mm-hmm. uh, tall, silvery trees. Um, they liked hilly terrain, mostly. And the forest of Neldoreth and Beleriand was mostly all beech trees. And that's where Herolorn was. Um, uh, There's birches. uh, We've all seen a birch. They usually got the white bark. Stand out a lot, you know. Cool trees. Uh, The forest of Brethiel in Beleriand was mostly birches. Brethiel Mm -hmm. means birches, so. Yep. That was a fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, There were cedars, which are resinous evergreens that grew commonly in the warmer seaside regions of Middle-earth. So, like, for example, in Athelion, as Frodo and Sam rested under the old cedars um, on their way to Mordor, there are cedars in Athelion. Nice, dude. Yeah. They are also very fragrant trees, too. Cedars (laughs) are... Another fun fact. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also there. They are also very fragrant. I don't know if you've ever smelled like a cut piece of cedar. I probably have. I know cut cedar. people people take cedar planks and they like grill salmon on it. Yeah. Because it makes it, it's like very fragrant. So it like kind of soaks into the salmon as it cooks. Uh, I know people really like it like that. Um, that is an interesting fact. But I'm not going to sound. <laughs> okay. I don't want to overuse it. Uh, there were elm trees, which are also tall, just random deciduous trees that were known to grow in Assyrian in the first age. Um, and then also Sam's cousin Hal saw a walking tree man the size and shape of an elm away on the north downs, though no elms grew there. So I guess just that far north, I guess they don't grow. <laughs> wow. Um, it's kind of crazy. There's also firs, not F-U-R-S, F-I-R-S. F the IRS, man. There are also evergreen trees that grew in the northern and mountainous regions of Middle Earth. Um, uh, while trekking through the Shire as their journey began, kind of like what I was just reading about when they're going through the Shire, Frodo, Sam, and Pippin rested underneath the boughs of a fir tree and nestled in its roots one night. The Also, in The Hobbit, the dwarves, Bilbo, and Gandalf climbed into fir trees as they tried to escape the wargs of the Misty Mountains. And that's when the whole tree thing got lit on fire and they got rescued from the e- or by the eagles. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Uh, there's also lindens, which I didn't know this was a tree, but I looked it up and they're a real tree. Um, Interesting. Yeah. They were well loved by the elves. And uh, some ends were said to look like linden trees, given the possibility that lindens probably grew throughout the northern regions of Middle Earth and Fangorn. Um, and they were known for the fair light that shone through their leaves and. Luthien and Nimrodel were both said to have moved like linden leaves. Kind of interesting. 
<laughs> Those are fun facts. Fun facts. <laughs> uh, oaks. We all know a good oak. Yeah. Uh, very common trees in Middle Earth. Thorin the second became known as Oakenshield. Oakenshield. When he picked up a large bow of an oak tree and used it as a shield, as a shield, against the orcs in the Battle of Nanduhirian. I, I like that, Grant. Thank, I like that. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Swing. <laughs> yeah, there you okay. go, uh, the pine trees, uh, also evergreen trees, found throughout Middle Earth, and they I were did. said to grow throughout the land of Dorthonian in the first age. And Dorthonian comes from the pine, the pine word, the Elvish <laughs> word for pine, which was thon. Uh, there are plum trees. Also, Ooh. hobbits loved plums um, and yeah. were cultivated in orchards. And in the Shire, the year Shire Reckoning 1420, which was the year after Sauron had uh, been defeated, yep. the plum trees were said to be so laden in the Shire with fruit. <laughs> in the Shire were so laden with fruit that young hobbits sat on the lawns under the plum trees and ate until they had piles made piles of stones like small pyramids or heaped skulls of a conqueror. Mm. Gobble, 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 gobble. I like a good plum. Who doesn't? I love a good plum, man. Yeah. Fibrous. They help your bowel movements. Yeah. And they're delicious. Yeah. Have you ever had plum juice? I don't know. Wait. I wouldn't. No! <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it, but it. Yeah. And I won't go into a lot of detail, but it, it does help a blocked bowel. I will say that. Nice, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, there were rowan trees, um, also called mountain ash. Uh, there were also tall trees that grew in the mountains, of course, and they were known for their red berries, and they were very fond of uh, from the ends. By the ends. <laughs> from the ends. Wait, they were fond. The ends were fond of them. I don't know. Yeah, that makes I more sense. It's okay, Grant. <laughs> Um, You're okay. And then kind of the last of the regular trees that were mentioned were willows. Um, those are waterside trees. You'll see like those weeping willows. They've got like the long like dangling strands of leaves, and yeah. they're usually by like a pond or I like river those. or something. Those are cool, yeah. Those are nice. Um, uh, yeah, and the most ancient and famous was Old Man Willow, of course, as Jay talked about. And then there was also a region in western Beleriand called Nantethrin, which meant the Valley of Willows. And it was by the banks of the Syrian. Um, yeah, so now on to the fragrant trees of Numenor. There's like, I don't even know. I should have counted. I can count right now, I guess. One, two, three, four, five. There's five fragrant trees. Nice. So the fragrant trees of Numenor, it was a peculiar group of tree species that grew in Valinor, Tol Arisea, and in the woodland region of Nisimaldar, around the haven of Eldalande and West Numenor. This was the only region in Numenor where these trees grew, although they did grow other places, but it was not very common. Like, they were just kind of scattered. Yeah. Um, and the name of the region, Nisimaldar, actually means fragrant trees in Quenya. Oh, nice. So that's why it was named there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, not necessarily a fragrant tree, but the Malorn also grew in this woodland region, and it was from those trees in Numenor that the Malorns of Lorien came. Yes, sir. So... Um, and then there was, uh, so the first of these fragrant trees, most of them were evergreens because like I was saying, like cedars are very fragrant. So it's mm -hmm. like kind of from their bark and whatnot, not their bite. <laughs> um, no, oh, I forgot to do a laughing. <laughs> I can, oh, there. Yeah. Okay. Um, it'll cry down. No, <laughs> they're just, that's, happy a, that's a long laugh. <laughs> uh, there was Lyra Lasse, meaning nice. summer snow white. Uh, and these are all in Quenya, by the way. Thanks. Uh, and that was probably <laughs> that was probably in <laughs> reference to it's like white flowers or white bark or something. I'm not sure. 
You know better um, than me. Yeah. There was Nessamelda, meaning the beloved of Nessa, and Nessa was one of the Valar. Um, I I'm look. I was looking like I know who Nessa is. Like I've read the Silmarillion like a million times, so yeah. I know who she is. I know she's one of the Valar, but like every time I like think about like what is she like the Valar of like kind of like how like Zeus is the god of thunder or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like what is she the Valar of? And it just says she was known for her dancing and running around. So swing. Yeah, I dude. guess I guess she just. The Valar of dancing, yeah. Dude. Um, but yeah, so I guess moves. I guess those were her favorite trees. Was the Nesimelda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh There was the Oyolire, uh, which meant ever summer, um, and it was a custom among the sailors of Numenor to cut a bow of this tree and place it on the prow of their ship as a symbol of good luck and safe return. And it was called the Green Bow of Return, oh, and nice. it was usually the wives of the captain that would do that. It's like a boomerang for the ship. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a boomerang enchantment. Yeah, dude. Um, there was... Uh, <laughs> fun fact. Yeah, fun fact. It's like a boomerang. <laughs> uh, there was a tenequilase, which meant high snow leaf. Hello. It was freaking high. <laughs> uh, and it was specifically said not to be found anywhere else in the world after Numenor had sunk, meaning it could still be in Valinor because Valinor is not technically part of the world anymore mm-hmm. after that or the other fragrant trees still can be found in other parts of the middle earth so like you know how malorn did you laugh at me for a second oh no i was just <laughs> smiling because i was thinking about the sound effects oh. <laughs> i looked Sorry, over guys. at you and you smiled I'm like, <laughs> yeah, i was just thinking about the sound effects but like how <laughs> malorns were brought over to middle earth and they grew yeah. it could be that some of the other fragrant trees were brought over and like growing like Lorien or like linden or something yeah, nice <laughs> fun fact, Grant. Like fun fact, thank you. Sorry, if I'm smiling, it's because I'm thinking about funny ways to use <laughs> the sound effects. Okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> um, there was Var Vardariana or Vardariana Rihanna. <laughs> Swing. Hey, I don't know how to pronounce that. It's kind of Vardariana. interesting. Vardariana. Um, it's it seems it, I didn't find any translation for this in Quenya, but it seems to have something to do with the Val of Varda, who's the queen of the stars. Um, Swing. So, and it's a fragrant evergreen tree, which meant it, it might have like berries or flowers that shone like stars in its bows or something like that. I don't know. That That's, that's just sick. my guess. That's nice. Um, and then there was also another one named after one of the Valar, and that was Yavanna Mire, which meant the jewel of Yavanna. Um, and Yavanna was the Vala of like nature, like mm-hmm. harvest. Or, you know, nature versus She's basically nurture. mother nature, if you will. Yeah. Um, and it was known for its globe scarlet fruits, which is why it was called the jewel of Yavanna. Because mm-hmm. they were like jewels. That's nice. Family jewels. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all of the different kinds of trees that we could have possibly gone over in the... We went... Realm of through Middle it. Earth. We went through it, man. That's a lot of different trees. And I think that's a pretty good spot to kind of run through our little ad break and our social media yeah. plug. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, but yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll see you guys after the break. Hey everyone, have you been wondering where you can see the behind the scenes of this podcast or correct us when we inevitably get something wrong on the podcast? Well, I'm here to let you know. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle underscore earth or on Twitter at expmiddleearth. If you don't want to look those up, links to both of those will be in the show notes.
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Middle Earth, Exploring Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Middle Earth Current Events. That was good. That was Thanks good. for listening to that ad. Um, we don't get any money from it. Yeah. But um, Grant's going to start us off with the uh, origins of the Ents. Or just the Ents, dude. We're gonna. This second half is going to be about Ents. It's all about Ents, man. Swing. Ents are my favorite. My favorite. You want a fun fact? Oh, <laughs> this is a fun fact about me. One of my my probably my favorite part of Lord of the Rings is when Merry and Pippin ride the Ents. Yeah, or just that whole thing, not specifically them riding the Ents. Swing. Um, but <laughs> that scene with Ents because trees are cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> You're killing it right now. Thanks, dude. Um. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Sorry, dude. Wow, dude. <laughs> there you go. That was good. I was trying to find a good place to use it. Finn, did you just growl at me? Bruh. Oh. No! <laughs> wow, dude. That was that Grant's dog. You'd have whole conversations with that. Mm -hmm. Um. So right now, I'm just going to read from the chapter Treebeard. It's just like a few passages. Schwing. Tree beard, dude. Yeah, tree beard, man. I'm more of a quick bean kind of guy. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I was going to name another one. Um, <laughs> other tree. Other tree. <laughs> Uh, where were we? Uh, so this is just a little part where like Treebeard's kind of introducing himself and what he knows to Mary and Pippin and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> let's see, let's find it. Um, Treebeard mentions like what is Gandalf up to and all this sort of stuff and like Saruman and whatnot. And uh, Mary says there is quite a lot going on, and even if we tried to be quick, it would make. It would take a long time to tell, but you told us not to be hasty. Ought we tell? Ought we to tell you anything so soon? Would you think it's rude if we asked who you are, what you are going to do with us, and which side you are on? And did you know Gandalf? A lot of questions, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of questions. <laughs> yes, I do know him. The only wizard that really cares about trees, said Treebeard. Do you know him? So that was just a little part I wanted to read. Is he Gandalf was the only wizard that truly cared about trees, which what is about interesting. Because of Radagast. Radagast only cared about the animals. <laughs> Radagast only cared about the animals. Oh, I guess. Whereas Gandalf cared about the trees. And That's I think Tolkien was kind of putting himself in the position of Gandalf as he's the only wizard who cares about the trees. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Because trees have many trees have many enemies but few advocates. Yes. That's what Tolkien said. Yeah. So that's just a little thing on Gandalf being an advocate for trees. Yeah, he's an ally. <laughs> wow, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and then uh, just a little bit. This is kind of a little bit about. Um, I've read this before on the podcast, but this is a little bit about like Treebeard. Ooh, and, double like, dip in. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll save this. No, for you can read it, dude. No, I'm going to read it. I am. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to read it. I'm okay. just going to save it for just a sec. Um <laughs> That doesn't that doesn't feel good. <laughs> Sorry, um, dude. So the name uh, the name Ent is actually the name for the shepherds of the trees. Um, for those that spoke closely the language of the Rohirrim, so basically Old English, mm -hmm. which includes hobbits, Brelanders, and the Northmen of like Dale and Rovanion and Lake Town. So they would all call it an Ent. Um, an Ent is an Old English word, like I said, which means giant although they were not related to the Jotuns of Germanic and Norse mythology. Uh, another word to describe them could be Etten. Um, Etten. 
Yeah, Etten. In Middle Earth. Middle Earth. Middle Earth. <laughs> their Sindarin name was Anadrim, which meant <laughs> which Sorry. meant Ent folk. There's a lot of fun facts going on, so that was just or for the individual Ents, it would be Anad. Uh, the plural of that would be Anid. Need. Anid Anid. Anid um, Anad. In Quenya, they were called the Anyalie, with the singular being Onya. I want to put it on ya. On ya. Wait, whoa. No! I keep getting those two mixed up. <laughs> nice. Uh, ends varied in height, but averaged around 14 feet tall, which is only two feet taller than I am. Uh, whoa. whoa. Huh? What? Oh. Fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Fun I'm 12 fact. feet tall. Grant is 12 feet tall. Uh, no, I'm like six. Swing. Six. He's over six feet. Swing. There, there we go. Hey. Hey. Okay, uh, <laughs> they were vaguely humanoid. I mean, you guys have all probably seen them, that, but I'm just going to describe them anyways. In real life? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were vaguely humanoid uh, with thick bark-like skin and hair-like mosses and grasses growing where hair would normally grow. Swing! Hey. <laughs> and then uh, Jay talked about horns a little bit earlier. Yes. Yes, um, they were basically just trees that began to take on some Entish characteristics from their shepherd Ents, or they were old Ents who became lazy and became tree-like. Um, and they could still move about and communicate and all that sort of stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Ents were similar to elves in the fact that they were immortal and all connected to the life of Arda. And they could still be killed like elves or seriously hurt, especially with fire and immense force like a axe or something. Um, mm-hmm. And because they are old beings and immortal, they are usually slow to take action and slow to speak. Though once mm-hmm. roused and angry, they can move with surprising speed. They could crush stone very easily. And Morgoth even made a mockery of the Ents, and he made trolls. What's <laughs> ironic is that trolls turn to stone when exposed to sunlight, and Ents have the mastery over stone. They photosynthesize when they get sunlight. They grow stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of like a little bit of inspiration for Ents. Um, Tolkien, I didn't know. There's one part of this I didn't know. There's another part I did know. Here comes some um, fun facts. Yeah, Tolkien was inspired by the animate trees of Fairyland in George MacDonald's Fantastes. Uh, nice. As well as his frustration with Shakespeare's Macbeth, where it shows the coming of the great Birnam Wood to be metaphoric and not literal. Yeah. Um, so I didn't. I, I didn't know about George MacDonald's. Uh, Fantasties. 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 Um, yeah, but it's it's a it's a fairy story, like a novel about this guy that gets like transported to fairyland. And mm-hmm. I like read the Wikipedia page on it. It looks really interesting. Are I'm you like, gonna read I it? I kind of want to read it. Yeah, it was yeah. like it was published in like the late 1800s, so it's like even older than Tolkien stuff. Oh, nice. But he was inspired by it because of the animate trees. Yeah, obviously. So. Um, he also mentioned several times that while writing the chapter uh, that introduces the uh, the chapter Treebeard, um, he had no plans to of pr- or premeditations regarding including the Ents into the story, and that it just happened spontaneously. So, he, like, he had the idea in his head that, like, like the moving wood, or oh, like okay. from, like, like he kind of had that in his head a little bit. But then when it actually like came down to it, then he's like, he just started writing it, and he's like, oh, I guess Ents are a thing now. Yeah, that's like because he said with like writing Lord of the Rings, it was less of coming up with it and more of discovering it. Yeah, or Middle yeah. Earth in general, not yeah, just, basically, yeah, not just Lord of the Rings. Um, and the then there's uh, the there's a few different ends that we actually know like the names of, and mm-hmm. it's mostly all mentioned in the Treebeard chapter in the the Two Towers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got Fangorn, aka Treebeard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. got <laughs> we got Beachbone. 
Uh, Beach Bone. Yeah, we got uh, uh oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we got Carondrion. Nice dude. Which is not included in the final version of Lord of the Rings, but oh. he was supposed to be a friend of Quickbeam, and he was injured by an axe at Isengard, which enraged the rest of the ants. Um, and his name includes the elvish word for red, which is the first part, Karan. Karan. Um, there was Fimbrathil, which was Treebeard's entwife. Um, oh, yeah. And then Schwing! There, <laughs> there was Leaflock, um, Skinbark, also known as Fladrif, and Quickbeam, also known as Brigalad. Brigalad. Brigaleg. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's kind of all the like little characteristics of uh, Ents and just a few different Ents and... Uh, yeah, a little bit of inspiration here. I like there. that. Yeah, so now I have their early history, and then Jay will end with their third age yes history. Sir. We'll kind of go on with that. Um, oh, I need to read from the Silmarillion, though. Oh, guess what, guys? You can't see it, but Grant has the super nice copies of the Silmarillion and Lord of the Rings, those illustrated yeah. editions. <laughs> when I see them, swing! Yeah, dude. Yeah. I've got both the uh, illustrated ones in front of me with, like, all the maps and the, like, it's got the little, um, Tassel bookmark or whatever. They come in handy. Grant's being very posh right now with his very nice books. I just have good old paperbacks. Hey, nothing wrong with that, though. Nothing wrong with that, but you know what? I got to pay respects to Grant's books. Swing! There you <laughs> go. Sorry, it took for me that a while. It took me a while, dude. Um, so I'm going to read from uh, the chapter of Aule and Yavanna in the Silmarillion. That's nice. where it talks about the creation of the Ents. So Aule had made the um the dwarves and I'll, I'll get to that in a sec when i go through my notes but mm-hmm. just so for context for the passage he uh he made the dwarves and um yavana was like a little like well they're gonna chop down all my trees and, oh no oh. um let's see um yeah, so basically Yavanna says to Aule, many a tree shall feel the bite of their iron without pity about the dwarves. Yeah. But Aule answered, that shall also be true of the children of Iluvatar, for they will eat and they will build. And though the things of thy realm have worth in themselves and would have worth if no children were to come yet, uh, yet Eru will give them dominion and they shall use all that they find in Arda, though not by the purpose of Eru, without respect or without gratitude. Not unless Melkor darkened their hearts, said Yavanna, and she was not appeased but grieved in heart, fearing what might be done upon Middle-earth in days to come. Therefore she went before Manwe, and she did not betray the counsel of Aule, but she said, King of Arda, is it true, as Aule hath said to me, that the children when they come shall have dominion over all things in my labor, to do as they w- will therewith? It is true, said Manwe, but why dost thou ask, for thou hadst no need of the teaching of Aule? Then Yavanna was silent and looked into her own thought, and she answered, Because my heart is anxious, thinking of the days to come, all my works are dear to me. Is it not enough that Melkor should have marred so many? Shall nothing that I have devised be free from the dominion of others? If thou hadst thy will, what wouldst thou reserve, said Manwe? Of all thy realm, what dost thou hold dearest? All have their worth, said Yavanna, and each contributes to the worth of the others. But the Kelvar can flee or defend themselves whereas the olvar that grow cannot. And among these I hold trees most dear. Long in the growing, swift shall they be in the felling, and unless they pay toll with fruit upon bow, little mourned in their passing. So I see in my thought, would that the trees might speak on behalf of all things that have roots, and punish those that wrong them. 
That is a strange thought, said Manwe. Yet it was in the song, said Yavanna. For while thou wert in the heavens and with Almo built the clouds and poured out the rain, poured, <laughs> poured out the rains. <laughs> I'm tripping on my tongue a little yeah, bit. It's okay. I lifted up the branches of the great trees to receive them, and some sang to Iluvatar amid the wind and the rain. Well, we got some singing trees. Then Manwe sat silent, and the thought of Yavanna that she had put into his art grew and unfolded, and it was beheld by Iluvatar. Then it seemed to Manwe that the song rose once more about him, and he heeded now many things therein, that though he had heard them, he had not heeded before. And at last the vision was renewed, but it was now not remote, not now remote, for he was himself within it, and yet he saw all that was upheld by the hand of Iluvatar. And the hand entered in, and from it came forth many wonders that had until then been hidden from him in the hearts of the Ainur. Then Manwe awoke, and he went down to Yavanna upon a Zelohar, which is like their like mound where their city is. Mm-hmm. And he sat beside her upon, or no, it's the mound where the two trees are on. And he sat mm-hmm. beside her beneath the two trees, just as it said. <laughs> yeah. And Manwe said, O Kementari, Eru hath spoken, saying, do then any of the Valar suppose that I did not hear all the song, even the least sound of the least voice? Behold, when the children awake, then the thought of Yavanna will awake also, and it will summon spirits from afar, and they will go among the Kelvar and the Olvar, and some will dwell therein, and be held in reverence, and their just anger shall be feared. For a second time, while the firstborn are in their power, and while the secondborn are young. But dost thou not now remember... Kementari, that thy thought sang not always alone. Didn't I? Oh my gosh. Okay? There's so there's so many thy and thou. <laughs> You're doing better than I would. Did not thy thought and mine meet also, so that we took wing together like great birds that soar above the clouds? That also shall come to be thy heat of Iluvatar, by the heat of Iluvatar. And before the children awake, there shall go forth with wings like the wind of the eagles of the lords of the west. Then Yavanna was glad, and she stood up, reaching her arms towards the heaven, and she said, High shall climb the trees of Kementari, that the eagles of the king may house therein. But Manwe rose also, and it seemed that he stood to such a height that his voice came down to Yavanna as from the paths of the winds. Nay, he said, only the trees of Aule will be tall enough. In the mountains the eagles shall house, and, the, and hear the voices of those who call upon us. But in the forests shall walk the shepherds of the trees." Then Manwe and Yavanna parted for that time, and Yavanna returned to Aule, and he was in his smithy, pouring molten metal into a mold. Eru is bountiful, she said. Now let thy children beware, for thou shalt walk a power in the forest whose wrath they will arouse at their peril. Nonetheless, they will have need of wood, said Aule, and he went on with his smith work. (laughs) (laughs) That that was a long passage, but I think I wanted to read the whole thing, because at the end, uh, just that little... (laughs) <laughs> Just that little joke by Aule where he goes, well, they'll still need wood. Yeah! That was a good joke, dude. It was like a sick burn on you. That was a long lead up to the punchline, but it worked yeah. out. Yeah. It worked out. It was a, it was a sick burn. He, she was, she was like, <laughs> I just got, I just got like sentient trees that are going to kill your dwarves. And he's like, well, my dwarves are still going to need wood. Dang. Dude. Bing, bang, wow, boom. Wow, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now we get into yeah that's when the ents were created that's kind of how they what they did uh, that's how they came about so now I'm gonna go in the kind of pre first age slash the first and second age um, so yeah that part was all about the creation um, uh, the male ents were devoted to Orome who is kind of like the huntsman of the Valar 
And They're the man's ant- man. Yeah, and the ant wives were devoted to Yavana. So it's kind of funny that only the ant, w- ant wives were devoted to Yavana. But the the male ants really liked they uh they loved trees, whereas the ant wives more liked gardening and like growing crops and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and they were created around the same time as the elves uh, when they awoke in the east, and the elves cured the ants of their dumbness. Uh, that's what Treebeard says. <laughs> and he taught the uh and the elves taught the uh ants how to speak Quenya. And then they began developing their own speech as an offshoot of Quenya, which is like more like it was a bunch of like words stringed together. You'll mm-hmm. see it in the Lord of the Rings when Treebeard talks. It's just like really long words. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in the first and second age, here we go. Let's uh, go. Yeah, let's go. So this is the part where I was going to read about Treebeard walking around in the first age. Okay. Uh, just because I thought it would fit a little bit better. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. So now we got to get. My best. Gotta get sh- that. My best tree beard voice. Swing! <laughs> in the willow meads of Tassaranan, I walked in the spring. Ah, the sight and the smell of the spring in Nantasarian. And I said that was good. I wandered in summer in the elm woods of Assyrian. Ah, the light and the music in the summer by the seven rivers of Assyr. And I thought that was best. To the beaches of Neldereth, I came in the autumn. Ah, the gold and the red and the sighing of leaves in the autumn in Tarno Neldor. It was more than my desire. To the pine trees upon the highland of Dothonian I climbed in the winter. Ah, the wind in the whiteness and the black branches of winter upon Oradnothon. My voice went up and sang in the sky, and now all those lands lie under the wave, and I walk in Ambarona and in Taramorna and Eldolome. In my own land in the country of Fangorn, where the roots are long and the years lie thicker than the leaves in Taramornalome. Nice, dude. Congrats, Grant. Yeah. That was a good voice. Yeah, so you could tell even then, like, he was just, like, using a bunch of, like, big elvish words. Yeah, he's trying to sound smart. He's trying to sound smart because he said, he said the elves cured them of their dumbness, and he's just trying to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah. Ain't dumb no more. So uh the the ents of course uh traveled around a lot in the first and second age because there were still the forests were pretty much like all throughout the whole land. Yeah. You know, there wasn't a lot of area where it was uh disconnected. Um they were infested. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, Treebeard liked to wander around. Mm-hmm. Um uh after the dwarves in the Silmarillion <laughs> After the dwarves had killed King Fingal and Doriath for that Silmaril, you know, the necklace, um, the the Ents were enraged because those were the dwarves were chopping down trees as they went along, you know? Wow, dude! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so a host of Ents of Osirian, they arrived to help Baron and the Green Elves uh, to kill those dwarves and take back the Silmaril. Dang, dude. And many of the dwarves entered into their wood that they formed, and they never returned. So it's kind of like the orcs after Helm's Deep. Yeah. Kind of cool. Um, during the early years of the Second Age, the Entwise began to move further away from the woodland abodes of the Ents because they didn't like trees as much mm-hmm. and into open areas where they could plant their gardens. Um, the Entwise m- then moved across the Anduin, and there the Entwives taught the primitive Northmen of Ravanian how to farm. So that's how the men first learned how to farm. Mm-hmm. Or at least those type, like the... Like the ancestors of the Rohirrim, basically. Yeah. 
In the later Second Age, when the Numenorians returned to Middle-earth and began to harvest timber, basically just widespread deforestation, uh, the Ents were separated completely from the Entwives, and they began to search frantically for them because uh, they were afraid they would no longer be able to have little Entings, is what they called them, little kid Ents. Mm-hmm. Um, That's sad. Across the Anduin, the gardens of the Entwives were then scorched by Sauron and became the Brownlands, now desolate. Brownlands. Yeah, so it was a garden. It was all gardens, and then he scorched it because he was angry. He was just having a bad mood. Um, by the end of the Second Age, the Ents began to only live in Fangorn Forest, though some still wandered about in the north or became like Huorns. And then that is where we leave off into the Third Age. The Third Age, which is my age. My age. You're three? Yeah. You guys, I'm only four. <laughs> I'm only four. You guys are going to be excited because guess what? I can do my notes and the soundboard. Yeah. Uh, I figured uh, it out. I uh, figured it out. Swing. Okay, so let's get into this. The third age. So the third age um, is where the Lord of the Rings takes place. So this is where Treebeard meets Merry and Pippin. But so in the third age, uh, Fangorn Forest was the only known area that Ents still resided, inhabited, or resided. Either word works. Um, although the Hurons. Huorns, sorry, Huorns, yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I read it as Huron because it looks like the name of the lake, but Huorns, um, they may still have survived elsewhere, um, like the old forest, but so without the Entwives, the Ents grew old without having hope, or without hope of having Entings, Entings, I don't, I can't have Enting around here, get it, like anything, and Enting, that wasn't there, sorry guys, Enting, sorry, <laughs> That wasn't very funny to me. It was a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. So some gre- some trees grew tree-ish, um, which means there's some ants grew tree-ish, which means they ceased moving or speaking, which is if Old Man Willow wasn't a horn, he might have just been a tree-ish ant. Um, yeah. But probably, s- he probably would have been able to like walk around a little bit. Yeah. So about third age, 2950, Sar- Saruman's uh, armies began harassing uh, the few remaining Ents and cutting down a large number of their trees. Wow, dude! Come on, man. So during the War of the Ring, the Ents, uh, usually very patient, deliberate people, were spurned, spurred, not spurned, <laughs> spurred <laughs> by Merry and Pippin, um, and they uh, covened the Entmoot, a meeting Entmoot. and Entmoot, yeah, a meeting of the Ents at the Durandingle, 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 dude. Swing. <laughs> that's just a darn dingle, man. That's just a swing na- word. So they talk for a while, dude, and after lengthy deliberation, um, though from the answer perspective, it was very uh, quick um, and hasty. They marched on Saruman's forest at Isengard, uh, the last march of the Ents. Um, so this is a big battle, which is super cool in the movies because it's just trees throwing rocks and stuff and swinging on people. It's just really nice. Um, <laughs> really nice. <laughs> just very nice. So they were led by Treebeard, the oldest of the Ents, um, which Grant gave the passage from. Um, and they were accompanied by the Hobbits, Merry and Pippin, dude. Yeah! So let's go, dude. They destroyed Isengard in an all-out assault and trapped Saruman in the Tower of Orthanc. Um, and they flooded the, Nar- the non-Kurnir... Kurunir. Yeah, Kurunir. And uh, Kurunir. transformed it into a forest area, which they called 
uh, Treegarth of Orthanc. Mm. Not only that, but a few days later, they defended Rohan when um, Rohan when the Isament was invaded by hostile forces. Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> they're they're on a roll. Um, but so following the reunification of Arnor and Gondor, Treegarth became part of the reunited kingdom, and King Elsar. Aragorn declared mm-hmm. it an Entish realm, granting the Ents complete self-governance. So they had. So I'm assuming Treebeard was the leader, because that's what he does. He leads things. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it fell apart. They can't self-govern. I don't know. Um, but the Ents remained in Fangorn, where they probably dwindled in the following ages. Um, but Gladril wished Treebeard that they would meet again um, when Balerion was lifted from the waves in spring. But, uh, so they just dwindled because they, um, they lived for a long, long time, but they didn't have any way to reproduce. What? So uh, they didn't have anybody to pollinate with. Swing! Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Then eventually the Ents just dwindled out. There still could be Ents living among us, which would be cool. Among us? Among us. (laughs) There's could be ants around there, dude. You never know when the wind, when the trees blow in the wind. Are they actually swaying in the wind, or are the ants just moving around? Or like you know when you hear like two trees rub against each other, <laughs> not in that way. Swing. <laughs> yeah. But like you know, like they make that like creaking sound in the wind. Yeah. Maybe that's the ants trying to talk. What are they saying? They we say. have to stay for a long time to hear what they're saying, though. <laughs> but yeah. So are you guys ready for trivia? Yeah, so we got trivia. Trivia. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. I think I've got it uh, back in order from easiest to hardest again, so yeah, it should be easier now. Okay. Well, and harder. Yeah. Um, if elves were the opposite to orcs, what were Ents opposite to? Elves were opposite to orcs. Oh, the um, trolls, dude. Yes, sir. Yeah! <laughs> Starting nice, off strong, nice, dude. Nice. Okay. I got one that should be pretty easy, or it should be the easiest one because I just talked about it too. Oh, great. So what is the name of the forest established around the Tower of Orthanc after destroying Isengard? <laughs> I was listening, <laughs> but not. Hey, that's okay. That's what I do um, <laughs> sometimes. It was the Tree Garth of Orthanc. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I remember you saying Tree Garth, and I was yeah. going to make a joke about Garth Brooks. Yeah. But that's it. That would have been a good joke. Yeah, it's too late now. Yeah, um, this is kind of like a long question, but you'll get it. Okay. okay. Uh, the Ents were slow to anger, but dangerous when aroused. They destroyed the <laughs> Ring of Isengard. <laughs> they destroyed the Ring of Isengard in the Third Age. But what other time were they known to have been angered to attack? Um, what did it, is it like a specific thing? Yes. Okay, because I was thinking maybe it was when. Oh, it was when the um, the uh, dwarves were cutting them down, and then they teamed up with the elves, right? Yeah, yeah. After I don't they, know the n- exact name no, of what it would be. No, yeah, there's not really an exact name of it, but it was after they killed King Thingol to take the Silmaril. Oh, okay. And then they were cutting down trees as they went, and the ants, the ants got them. Oh, uh, yeah, they did. They got them. They really got them. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I would not em. want to be attacked by an ant. No. Okay, I got my second one. Okay. This one is a 
It has a bo- my next two questions have bonuses to them. Ooh, sweet. So, what was the name of Tolkien's favorite tree in the Oxford Botanical Garden? Uh, uh, it's a weird word. Laocoon. Lau- Lau- yes. I don't even know. Yeah! How to, I don't know how to actually pronounce it. Laocoon. Okay. Leo-coon. Um. And then, uh, what was the species of trees? I mentioned this one time, so black one. pine. Yes, yeah. dude. Nice. Do you want to give an extra? You want an extra bonus? Sure. I gave the dates, but I never actually said how long it was. How old was the tree when it died? When it how was, old was it? When it was cut. Uh, yeah, I know you gave the dates. Uh, 1799 to 2014. Yep. Just simple. Ma- do the math, man. So it would be... It would be a 215 years old. Yeah! <laughs> he yeah. did it, dude. Double yeah, bonus, yeah, yeah. dude. Double bonus. Oh, Double bonus. Sick. Okay, last one. Okay. You ready? <laughs> the <Yeah>! qu- <laughs> The Quenya names for fauna and flora are Kelvar and what? So Kelvar is fauna, animals, and flora. Flora is plants or trees. No, what is the Quenya name? Oh, what is the Quenya? Yeah, fauna is Kelvar and flora is... I don't know. It rhymes with Kelvar. It's got the var part. Telvar. No. Shelvar. Belvar. No, not (laughs) not the first part. I'm just saying the var was the same oh i don't know i don't know i'm sorry man i am i emphasized it <laughs> sorry it, you'll say it and i'll know it olvar olvar sorry you didn't know it did you <laughs> no i didn't it was when i was reading the silmarillion sorry because yovana was talking about how the kelvar can flee and protect themselves but the olvar cannot sorry yeah. i'm sorry everybody wow dude i didn't get it <laughs> Okay, well, this one, my last one, also has it has another bonus to it. Ooh. So uh, the tree Nimloth, uh, the person was named. The person Nimloth was named after was the daughter-in-law of who? Baron. Yeah, <laughs> and Luthien. And so, yeah. then, <laughs> so then, so uh, then, the bonus, being the daughter-in-law of Baron and Luthien, it would make her the grandma of what famous characters? Elrond and Elros. Yeah! Nice, Grant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah! Okay, well, I, I told you in the, ad bro- in the ad break, this is some inside baseball stuff. You guys didn't hear about this. I told you in the ad break we don't have current events, but guess what? We have current events, dude. I came up with one. We have current events. Uh, this just in. There are no current events. Yeah! No, I do have current uh, events. I'm just kidding. It's, it's no, you did that in the last one. Though. Yeah, <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> the I did listen back to it and I laughed. Thanks, dude. Yep. Um, this one current event has to do with Grant. What? You know what it is? What's today, Grant? Oh, May first. What happens on May first? Other than May, May the, the first, first be with, with you. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it'll be past May when you guys are listening to the or past May first. <laughs> it'll also be past May fourth. Yeah, that's true. Um, but wow, dude. The month of May is when I begin reading the Silmarillion, and then I'll continue on into the Lord of the Rings. Everybody give it up for Grant. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so May is the, or, like, May 1st is the start of my uh, whole, like, yearly Tolkien reading. Which will us- <laughs> it'll usually end in the fall, like, around October, November. So yeah. I read a lot of Tolkien books. He does, dude. Does it every year. 
and it it grows every year too because I always get new books. <laughs> so. Swing. Hey, yeah, it it's grows nice every year. year. Well, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna eventually. It's gonna stop growing. It's gonna stop growing at one point, and I might just have to split it into every other year. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a sad day or a sad you year. You can start reading Tolkien <laughs> fanfic. Oh yeah, swing. <laughs> <laughs> Send over your favorite Tolkien fanfic uh, yeah. on our email, and we'll read it out on the podcast. Yeah, we'll do a special swing episode. Special hey. swing episode, nice, dude. Swing it over here. Yeah. Yeah. So swing your fan fictions. Specifically, Lord of the or Middle Earth. I don't want any weird fan fictions. Unless yeah, you have fan fictions of Grant and I, that'd be cool. Swing. Yeah. yeah. Um, those are just for private readings only, though. Yeah. So. So thanks for yeah. Thanks for everything. Thanks for everything, guys. Thanks for the fan fictions. If you did write any, just yeah. are shy to too shy <laughs> to share them. Well, here let's. We've been doing favorites a few times. Let's do. Since this is about trees, what's your favorite tree? Oh yeah, there you go. Uh, well. It could be type of tree. It doesn't have to be a specific yeah, tree. Yeah, a named tree. My favorite Lau- tree is... Laocoon. Yeah. No! Uh, it, it, I think it would have to be a beech tree. Beech tree. Yeah, I love beech trees. They're... I don't, I'm not going to get into it because there's a lot. But I really like them. You they, like uh, beech trees? Watch your profanity. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to use that. <laughs> yeah. But I think... Well, I guess one of the main reasons I like them is they do get really tall. And their like bark is really smooth. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, but like in the springtime, like early spring, early summer, when they get their leaves, it's like a very light green. And like when the sun like filters through it, it's just like really cool. Like it's really pretty to look at. So that's one of the reasons I like them. It's just because it's it's got a nice color. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, that is a good one. It does. It it feels like a very elvish kind of tree too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. What about you? Um, I'm just a simple guy, you know. I like strong, sturdy oaks. Nice. Oak, I just like a big oak yeah, because big oak. they are nice in the summer, spring and summer when the leaves are a lot there. Of shade. Yeah, yeah, and then I like fall colors. Who doesn't oh, like fall yeah. colors? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I think about fall colors. Yeah. I do like a good pine tree though, like a white yeah. white pine. Those are cool. Yeah, white pines are nice. Yeah, black pine. Tolkien like black pines. Yeah. I don't care what color pine. I just like pines. We, I think in Michigan we have red pines and white pines. Uh, we yeah. might have other ones. Or we have jack pines as well. Mm-hmm. Those are um, the jack pine warbler, or Kirtland's warbler is what mm-hmm. it's called. Those are very endangered, and they nest in Michigan because of our abundance of jack pine savannas. Oh, I have a, speaking of warblers, just birds in general, I have a J. Kern event. Oh. <laughs> um, I put a bird feeder out at my apartment. And I, yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Grant's a big bird guy. Big bird. Grant guy. knows all the birds. I'm up in your business with. I'm birds. a bird admirer. Yeah. I guess I'm a, I'm a layman for birds. Yes. But um, the all I've the the bird seed has gone down. Oh, so they've been, they've been they've been munching. They've been there. All I've had is a uh, house finch. Yeah. Or two house finch at the same time. I like house finches though. Yeah, they're pretty. So, but they got a nice song. I'm excited to see more. Yeah, after um, I just started putting up my bird feeder and bird seed. Uh, Swing. <laughs> after <laughs> the uh, after the winter and cold, mm-hmm. so I just started putting them back up. And I've, I mean, I haven't gotten a bunch back because they're still getting accustomed to going back to the feeder. But yeah, um, I've gotten some blue jays and some morning doves and squirrels, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Always at them. Yeah. But yeah, so got it back up. We're planning on getting a bird bath. I don't know, probably sometime this summer. 
You got um, too many stinky birds last year. Yeah. No, but it'll just be cool. It'll be like in our front yard so we can look out our kitchen window and see a bunch of birds just taking a bath. Would, uh, it sounds inappropriate. Bruh. It's not. Swing. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, birds. Birds. That's Well, I guess that's both our current events because I put a bird Can't. feeder up and you were going to do a bird bath. Can't live with them. Can't live without them. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. birds for you, man. And trees. Trees, and too, trees. Man. Trees. Yeah. It's this is a nature episode. Thanks for listening, guys. This was your local Middle Earth podcast. Local Middle Earth. Local around the world. So, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, next episode will be episode 49. Big milestone. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for cheering. Episode 49 is the the one before 50. That's yes. a big milestone. we got to come up with something fun to do for our 50th episode. And for the 49th, man. Yeah. Just, I don't know. It okay. doesn't really matter. Okay. okay. Well, we're going to come up with something fun. If you have anything, fun ideas, um, email us for our 50th episode. Yeah. The big 5-0. I don't know. We might do some skits. We might, we'll see. We might have some uh, guests on, like Tolkien or Christopher Tolkien. Or... Edith, yeah, or any other dead person. Yeah, basically. No, that sounds bad. But yeah, basically, if there's a dead person, we'll take them. Swing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. Yep. Thank you so much. See you guys in the next, next episode. Swing.